Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. Merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store, and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello and welcome to the Sports History Network Showcase, our in-house show featuring SHN podcasters talking sports, talking history, and talking sports history. My name is Oz Davis, host of the Sports History Network's Truth of the Goats podcast. In this episode, my guest is Aaron Harris of the website of the podcast, The Football Odyssey. Aaron, how's it going for you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Great. I'm loving your podcast. I'm going through some of the older episodes lately. But before we get into that, let's let's talk about this. how long have you been a fan? How'd you get into football? I got into football back in 2005, and I had never been a sports fan until that point. My father had tried to get me to watch some football. I just wanted nothing to do with it, though. Hmm. And we were at a wedding visiting family down in um, West Palm Beach. And that was the same weekend that Pittsburgh was playing the Indianapolis Colts in the divisional round of the 2005 playoffs. And they were huge underdogs, but they were winning the game and they were about to increase their lead. And Jerome Bettis fumbled the ball at the one yard line and Ben Roethlisberger saved the Bettis's career, essentially. by tackling. <laughs> I think it was Nick Harper. It was, I think Nick Harper was when I was returning, and he tackled them. And Mike Vanderjack missed the field goal, and just the energy that it was, the camaraderie. Everybody was watching the TV, and it was a fun game. And I had a neighbor who I had gone to school with who had moved right next door to me who was a big football fan. He had played in the youth league, and uh, some of his friends were also involved, and they would a lot of time doing that as well. Um, and then eventually I went to play football, really got deep into the X's and O's and the coaching side strategy. Um, and then, you know, you just kind of go down a rabbit hole when you start getting into the history of the game with all the vintage books that you can read and learning about how many people have come before the game before you really got into it. So I just grew to have a passion for that and, and, you know, through NFL films too. So a lot of different ways to uh, look at the game. And that's what I love about it. Yeah, I usually ask the uh, podcasters that come on the showcase, how'd you get into the the history of the sport? But I guess you came to the history at the same time you came to the game. In some ways, I think I've always had a, a passion. I'm, I guess I would consider myself an old soul. I like things come before my time. You know, I'm a big fan of, you know, Turner Classic movies. I love old music. Uh, so naturally, whenever I found a way to watch old games, I definitely bought into it. You know, NFL Network back in my high school days were a little more flexible in their programming. So they would show a lot of NFL follies, old NFL films. They would just have old games. Um, you know, they would have like the drive or, um, you know, early Super Bowls 
beyond my years. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then there was a period of time where I didn't pay too much attention to that stuff. But then I read a book back in 2018 called The League by David Harris. Mm. And it wasn't a book that um, it's not your conventional football book. It's it's in a way similar to Michael McCambridge's America's Game, but it examines it from the perspective purely of the ownership circle of the NFL. So it really kind of looks at how Pete Rosell kind of cultivated this uh, league think mentality and essentially how all the owners had kind of bought in at certain points and other times didn't really respect the idea and the amount of internal lawsuits that were being filed against one another. And eventually it culminates in the Raiders moving to Los Angeles and kind of breaking down that idea that made the league so uniform and so great. Um, and that just the in-depth reporting of that book and how I, I kind of felt like I was there as a third observer, as like an outsider observing everything that was happening. And I think that was just something that really kickstarted my imagination for looking at football in every direction, but also in the history for how it was able to document 20 years of the league's history. And I just continued to go deeper, you know, in eras before that and different leagues and specific teams. So I would probably credit that as me kicking off a real passion for doing something with football history, at least. Yeah, you call yourself an old soul. I think that's one thing that many of us at the sports history network have in common. I always yeah, joke. I, I always joke that you know, oh yeah, sure. I love newspapers, opera, and baseball. I'm all set for the 20th century. That's right. You got to get bootleg liquor. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Welcome everyone to the Football Odyssey. This is your host, Aaron Harris. Today's guest the is The name Hansen, of your website, the, the name of, of your podcast is The Football Odyssey. What's the concept behind The Football Odyssey? Going off, I guess, what we were talking about earlier, the more that I got into football history, the more I began to pay attention to football as a narrative. Because I had always looked at sports as – I'm not a big sports person outside of football, but the great things about sports is that it's history that's always in the making. So you have plenty of avenues to examine whatever you want through sports, right? I mean if you want to learn more about labor law, you can look at you know the NFL labor battles, for instance, and you know the fight for free agency and whatnot. You know, if you want to learn more about – I guess mathematics or science, you could go deep into the strategy of uh, different formations and passing velocities and everything like that. So I think for me, you know, it, it's a narrative that expands so deep into American culture, going back to how the game really began and what we most people consider the first game in 1869. You know, I, I would go a little bit later into the 1880s, but just to see how such a sport that began as a, a really had kind of grown into being this hyper elaborate sport that had just attracted so many people to play it so many people to organize companies around it or, or you know create organizations and coaches and marketers and publicity men it just seems organic and just grew to take on a life of its own and saying as you know the nfl and frankly the ncaa are the most two of the most profitable profitable organizations in america right now i think to me i just saw so many different intertwining factors that got it to that point that i wanted to examine it from every angle and every era 
Yeah, NCAA football is quite a profitable scheme. It helps when you have free labor. <laughs> that really reduces operating expenses. So kind of triggered me a little bit there because you were talking about how sports is history in the making. It's often instant history. And yet you seem to have this great respect for the game. So let's talk about one of my obsessions. What do you make of this general rush nowadays? to be the first to call somebody or something or some game the greatest of all time? Well, I think we're just emotional creatures. We like to live in the moment. Um, I, I think oftentimes, too, the people who are doing this are also not significantly older than the audience that's watching. Um, and obviously, you know, we have millions of people, so the age range is going to differ. But I just think a lot of the people who are writing the the articles or who are broadcasting or, you know, who are – narrating these documentaries that are being made you know they're they're obviously going to lean more towards around their era i think so and it's always going to be tricky to say you know what could be the greatest of all time i mean if you look at the 1958 championship game it wasn't a very well played game but it was something unique for the time so i think you know for people like us i think maybe we're going to be biased towards the older generation and kind of see through their eyes but then i can understand why the newer generation likes to say, you know, this Super Bowl is the greatest of all time, even though it really not the most previous one, but, you know, one in the past five years, let's say, even though I don't think maybe it wasn't as memorable as anybody wants to talk about. Um, so I think it's just habitual. I think anybody in the current era wants to kind of over amplify how important a certain game was or a certain play. Uh, and I think maybe there is some truth down the road. We can see where it goes, but I think it's just human nature to want to treat everything that they see in the moment live as kind of the uh the game to end all games. That's a good point, the age of people, because, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of stuck myself. I mean, if you ask me, the best World Series was in 91, the best Super Bowl mm -hmm. was in 92, like this. Yeah. Uh, you know, the best, uh, the GOAT basketball player is Jordan. I don't care what LeBron does, even though he's <laughs> playing for my Lakers now. I, uh, you know, you can't convince me. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe we do kind of get stuck in that moment when we are young and only when we're older do we get perspective on these things. And you may be right. That's that's actually one of the better answers I've heard for that question, Aaron. Thank you very much. How'd you get into podcasting? Well, originally it started off as a blog in January of 2020. Um, I had written a couple – I ran a book review actually for that book I was mentioning earlier, uh, the league by David Harris. And I had submitted it to a couple magazines and many players picked up. So I just thought, of kind of thought, you know, what if I just kind of went my own season, direction as well as it's best. kind of did things my way. You know, have I could have long form both. articles. I could have really Tech obscure Bulger topics of the that Chicago I don't think maybe anybody else would be interested in about except myself. In the NFL, uh, and it was just kind of a way for me to kind of create my own little universe where I could – one day talk about the history of free agency. The next day do a book review about Weeb Eubank. Um, then talk about the history of football in Japan. And then the history going to like, you know, minor league football teams that have played in Las Vegas. So that was me kind of just exercising my creative juices and trying to create like a, some sort of narrative within football. Um, and then I, I think 2020 was also the year that I kind of really got into podcasting. You know, I had always been interested in, you know, some radio shows that I had listened to in podcast forms if I didn't able to listen to it live. But, you know, 2020, given everything that happened, there was a lot of time working remotely that you could kind of maybe check out some new stuff. And I just started listening to podcasts and I kind of thought, you know, maybe could I try doing something like this? So ever since uh, I think I started that in July 
um, and just going through that. And, you know, it's been a work in progress, but it's been fun. You know, you get to talk to a lot of interesting people, learn a lot of new things and I guess kind of experiment, see, you know, who likes what, what you can do more of. So I'm having a good time though. I like to do, I like to balance it out a little bit more because I've gotten away from the blog, but I definitely need to uh, get back and create like a good workflow for each. Well, all of us sports history geeks here at the Sports History Network are, are in your camp. We're interested in, in the stuff you're interested in, Aaron. I can say that. We'll be right back with Aaron Harris of the Football Odyssey podcast and website after the 70 seconds of me talking about something else. Hi, I'm Oz Davis of the True the Goats podcast here at the Sports History Network. I'd like to take a minute to tell you about quite possibly the greatest website of all time, newspapers.com. If you're listening to this podcast or any of them at the Sports History Network, you're probably into sports history. And you probably also know that for learning about anything prior to, say, 1990 online, the typical search engines like are nearly completely useless. But then there's newspapers.com. Newspapers.com gives you access to over 640 million pages worth of news from North America, Britain, Ireland, and more, dating from 1798 to last week. Do up a search for Super Bowl I, the 36th Berlin Olympics, Wayne Gretzky's first game, whatever. Newspapers.com takes you there with historical flavor that search engines like just don't give you. And now get a free one-week subscription to Newspapers.com by visiting SportsHistoryNetwork.com slash newspapers. With a paid subscription, you'll also be helping to support the production of this podcast and other Sports History Network shows. That's SportsHistoryNetwork.com slash newspapers. Newspapers.com. Way better for searches than you know what I'm talking about. Okay, we're back. This is the Sports History Network Showcase. I'm Oz Davis of True of the Goats, and I'm back with Aaron Harris of the Football Odyssey Podcast. Now, on, I don't think it was your last episode, but on the featured episode that's still running on the Sports History Network website, you interviewed Scott Hansen of the NFL Red Zone. Nice catch. Nice catch, I gotta say, as a, as a fellow podcaster. But I wanted to ask you, were you surprised at anything that came out of that interview? I was in the, the beginning of the interview. I typically like to kind of get a sense about a person's history within the game of football, right? Like what drove you to it? How did you get it? And that's not always the case. You know, sometimes, you know, if it's a author and we have like a solid topic to really dive into, I'll go into that. Um, but Scott, what you really gave me a, a big rundown about his time at Syracuse. And I know he had played at Syracuse, but I didn't know to the extent that it had like such an impact on him. And especially the fact that he said that his drive as a Syracuse football player still sticks with him today. You know, he mentioned that he never really got that shining moment like Rudy did. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's a, you know, he's a long, he was a long snapper, so I don't really yeah. think there were too many opportunities. <laughs> You don't get many Rudy moments as the long snapper, that's for sure. Yeah, but it, but it was cool to hear that side of him, right? Because, you know, we got to the red zone questions at the end, but it was interesting to kind of hear the man behind NFL red zone to kind of see, you know, where is it that he gets his sort of broadcasting style from and when he was going through his influences like it made a lot of sense because you know he went through some like local host that had influenced him which you could see too because you're not going to find a lot of national guys that may have that same sort of enthusiasm that he has you know red zone is very experimental so he has a lot of opportunity to be a little flexible but he does it well so 
yeah, I would probably say I'm, I was surprised at how much his time at Syracuse had influenced him as a broadcaster and how some of his local influences really captured him as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about a 30 minute interview and there's a good 13, 14 minutes where he essentially just monologues about Syracuse versus a player and then as a broadcaster in his early days. It's just, it's a really nicely done uh, piece, uh, for the, for the football odyssey podcast. Um, Okay, give us a tease of a future episode. What you got coming up? Yeah, definitely. There's uh, I want to get back to doing some uh, film reviews for the website or for the uh, podcast. And there is a, a group of movies that I would like to uh, do a review of all in one episode. Uh, they have kind of a similar theme, and I think it would make sense to watch these movies as a triple feature. So it's going to be an episode that I want to put out probably by the end of this month. Um, and then I also am trying to schedule some more trivia episodes. Um, Darren Aids of Pigskin Dispatch was on for a Steelers trivia and I had a lot of fun doing that. So I would definitely like to start branching out and doing a lot of different teams. I'd like to start doing NFL teams. And then once we're have someone for that, I'd like to move into college football teams. Um, and then if we go into college football, that'll keep me busy forever because (laughs) (laughs) the options are limitless. So USFL? CFO? Oh, that's true. Yeah, we could go minor league teams. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. I mean, USFL. You could you could kill a show with that. It's always fun to yeah. talk about the USFL. You talk about your yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, talk about your crazy moments in football history. That's it. Okay, so we talked about on the top of the show about how if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and of course we have the draft coming up. I'm pretty obsessed with the NFL draft myself. So. What do you think the Steelers are going to do on draft day? What do, what do you hope they do? What are your expectations for next season? I would really like to see a running back, truthfully. And I know it's kind of against the grain in today's game to draft one early. But from what I saw from Najee Harris last year, I really like him. I think he has that sort of power running that Pittsburgh has historically had success with, those kind of runners. Um I'm not too familiar with how of uh, the centers that are in this draft, but they're obviously going to need someone to replace Pouncey, and it doesn't look like Villanueva is going to be back, so they're definitely going to need someone unless they can kind of move some guys around on the roster that they currently have. But for me, the rushing attack is number one because last year I think the lack of a rushing attack, and there's always multiple factors that go into it, but I think it really limited them later in the season. Um, so truthfully, Najee Harris, I would be happy to see. Travis Etienne, too, from Clemson, I would take also. Um, as far as expectations go, man, it's always tricky to kind of predict where they can go because there's so much that can happen. But uh, I'd be hard-pressed to think they can replicate the season they had this year like they did last year. Um, but you never know. I mean, Claypool is going to be a second-year player now, and for the rookie season that he had, I'm really looking to see what kind of leap he makes. Uh, Juju's going to be back, so as long as Juju has someone that can draw double coverage, he can do well, you know, in the in the slot or against single coverage. You know, Deontay Johnson, I think, is going to hopefully have some um, a little bit better time holding on to the ball. But he was always a good player last year. He just had trouble catching, and then we'll see where they can go from there. I mean, the defense, I think, is going to have you know most of the guys back. We'll see if Devin Bush can remain healthy. Um, and come back good from his injury. And TJ obviously is, you know, probably the best player aside, or maybe Mika might be the best defensive player on that team. But 
I, I can see them pushing for a ten and six season. I don't I don't think anything anything beyond that, in my opinion, would be over overachieving. Yeah, I was gonna say uh Claypool and Juju really need one another. Uh the Steelers have a knack for drafting and, and developing great wide receivers, but they gotta keep those guys on the field at the same time. I mean, that's what led to their demise, I think, last season. How much longer do you think Ben is good for? I think this is last year. I think, I, I truthfully think, I think Juju kind of signed on for one year because I think Ben probably may have told him, hey, I think this is probably going to be my swan song. So I might want to join, stick around for the ride. But yeah, I, I don't see him making it past it. Could be a challenging season. Didn't Pittsburgh end uh, last year at number one? Didn't they win? Did they won that division? Yeah, the, the division they had, uh, Cleveland came to town, defeated them, and Pittsburgh just crushed them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't expect that to happen again this year. Truthfully, I think if they make the wild card, and which I think, it, I think they're still gonna maintain the uh, eight, the um, seventeen wild card, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, if he if they can make it in at ten and six, I think they'll definitely get the a spot in there. But I was just thinking because they won the division last year, that means they get the number one schedule as well. That means they're gonna be playing Buffalo, Kansas City, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Indianapolis, Tampa, I guess, or Tennessee. Yeah. Well, I know in the AFC. I don't know. In the NFC, I don't know. What what division are they drawing? I'm trying to think my world backwards. I think in 2018, they played the NFC South. Right. Last year, it was – and then 2019 was the NFC West. Oh, great. Well, maybe they'll get the East. They played, they, they played the East last year, oh. actually, because the first game was against the New York Giants. So the only people they have left is the uh, NFC uh, – NFC North, so they play Green Bay and Chicago, and uh, well, great, you get Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota there. So yeah, that's three wins probably. Well, Aaron Harris of the Football Honesty Podcast and website. Thanks for joining us today on the Sports History Network Showcase. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Hey, thanks. Keep up the great work. This has been the Sports History Network Showcase Podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Aaron Harris, of the Football Odyssey website and podcast, the latter of which is available at sportshistorynetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The theme song for the SHN Showcase is Quartz by Onitech, and it is available through a fair use agreement via freemusicarchive.org. SHN Showcase will be back soon with another Sports History Network podcast. Until then, this is Oz Davis saying stay safe and stay historical. So, so basically, what are your expectations for next season? For next season? For next season? For next season? Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network Back in 2020, with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds, as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history. But as far as I'm concerned, 
we're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment. You know that. Can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports gesture year, starting with Podcast Network and our website, but we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, or who knows, maybe even writing an article for us over on the website. Seriously, all you got to do is reach out to us on the contact page over at sportshistorynetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you got to do, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com, head to the contact page, fill it out. That message goes right to me, and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.